You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey guys, this is Mike Madano, and you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks. They always seem to way to make it interesting, even at the end of the season. Welcome to Sarcastic Remarks. My name is Ryan. With this is the after game review for the final game of the 21-22 season. Stars do take the win tonight by a final score of four to two. But there are much, 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 much more storylines coming out of tonight's game that we will obviously get to. But first off, we want to thank our sponsors right up there in the top corner up there, DraftKings Sportsbook, for being our sponsor, not just of our podcast, but of the entire Hockey Podcast Network. Go and use that promo code THPN, please. We really appreciate that. And we're going to bring in Chris here tonight. Uh, You know, I I thought this was going to be just a boring game and just, you know, whatever and all that sort of stuff but it it actually ended up being a game that was fun to watch (laughs) because of many different reasons right yeah it was pretty exciting i mean the stars still kind of have something to play for the off chance that arizona beats uh panthers which the panthers the predators which is not happening right now uh last time we checked it was four to one uh but still we saw three different goalies one goalie who doesn't play professional hockey and we only scored three goals somehow still. One on each. No, that's a lie. We didn't score any on the first one. Nope, we did not. So John Gibson would uh, exit the first period. Uh, Stolars would exit the second period. And in comes 28-year-old Thomas Hodges, who is now the story of the night and possibly of uh, the whole NHL night, to be honest with you, because I don't think anybody saw this coming. Uh, it... It it was very strange to, to to see that happen. I don't think I've ever seen that in a Dallas Stars game before. Obviously, there's the uh, the famous David Ayers who came in for the Carolina Hurricanes. He was the the back the e bug the emergency backup goalie for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he happened to get in the game for Carolina and spent a majority of the game for the Hurricanes. Made about eight or nine saves and actually became the first uh, e bug to win a game in the National Hockey League. I think he won it 6-3. to three. So, I mean, unfortunately for for uh, Thomas Hodges, that would not be the case for him tonight. But uh, he, he got a lot of help from the Anaheim Ducks there in the third period playing defensively. What, what did you think about uh, Thomas Hodges' play there in the third period? Kind of fun, right? He made two out of three saves. That's pretty good. <laughs> the bigger thing is how bad the Stars played in that third period. They might have been going easy on him a little bit, but, man. He only got three shots on goal. Yeah, and, and really that third shot was what was funny is it wasn't even Thomas Hodges' fault. It deflected yeah, it off got of deflected. Uh, Yeah, it got deflected off of Schuster's stick and just happened to careen five holes. So I mean you can't even hold the one goal he gave up against yeah. him because it was so a as far as I'm shot. concerned, he has a one thousand save percentage. <laughs> instead <laughs> of a instead of a point six six seven. That's unfortunate, but 
uh, I mean, w- anything else from tonight's game uh, that you thought was of good things, bad things for the Stars or for the Anaheim Ducks in this period? In this case, it's good to see Thomas Harley score. That could be a big thing that comes in into play in the playoffs. I mean, it kind of always happens that one guy who wasn't really producing in the regular season just starts doing it in the playoffs. I mean, I remember Vern Fiddler uh, when we played the Ducks in that first round. He just all of a sudden became a, a goal scorer out of nowhere, which was crazy fun to watch. But, I mean, keep an eye out. The Stars have a lot of sleeping giants that might get woken up by the playoffs. Harley might be one. I mean, he, he is an offensive minded defenseman i mean at least that's what his scouting report says so who knows well and i, I loved how honest he was in his uh post-game interview with uh, michelle he said he's he's just finally glad to get it out of the way because you know <laughs> he hadn't scored a goal in the ahl or the nhl this season which is very very strange for him and honestly he fits right in with the dallas stars because there's a lot of players who wish they had scored more <laughs> this season so i mean i mean you could I mean, you could do a whole list of players who you wish would score more. Foxa, Ben, Garyanov. Um, I mean, even to some extent, Glenn Denning, you wish you, he would score more too. But uh, that's just been a thing with the Dallas Stars this season is that they just can't score goals and they're not getting uh, any kind of offensive output from not just their middle six or bottom six forwards, but they're also not getting it from their defensemen. And that was actually one of the storylines coming out of tonight's game is the fact that the, I guess, nah, that's a stupid way of saying it. Anyway, the the Hanley-Harley, that's hard to say quick because there's one letter difference, but uh, between the two of them, they both score goals for the Dallas Stars tonight. And really that uh, that first line for the Dallas Stars was didn't really score uh, for the Dallas Stars tonight. I know Robo scored on the power play, but still, you know, it's whatever. But uh Tell me your. There's an obvious biggest winner in in tonight's game that we could give it to, but uh, give it to a less obvious one. G- give me a biggest winner and a biggest loser in tonight's game. Biggest winner. We're going to go for depth defense, and that's something we're going to need in the playoffs. I think that's why some of the more depth guys have gotten cycled into games recently too, is because the playoff comes around. There's going to be injuries. I mean, we know that's going to happen. Our depth guys came in. Played really well. And I'll add to that, Kivy Ranta. I mean, Kivy Ranta played a great game tonight. Four checking all over the ice. He kind of led to that first goal for the Stars, too. So the depth could be a big factor going into the playoffs, honestly. Uh, Radulov had a lot of chances tonight, too. And I think depth is going to be a big key to the playoffs. People get hurt all the time in the playoffs. Guys who we don't think are going to have to play are going to have to play. So it, it'll. I think it's good that those guys are playing well when they're called upon and because we're going to need them. Do you think that that's something that's that might change with the playoffs? You know, players like Radulov coming into their own because he, in the twenty twenty bubble playoffs, he had a, a really really big, uh, important part for the Dallas Stars, scoring some really big overtime goals in the twenty twenty playoffs. I know that he's had a rough season this year. Do you see that possibly changing now that the mindset may be different for some of these players and the fact that you know? okay, this is playoffs, this is real, we're fighting for our lives to stay alive, to keep our season alive. And, you know, players like, you know, Garyanov may show up again. And and uh, maybe Raffle will actually get us, will actually score some. And same with Garyanov. And then maybe seeing some of our, our defensemen score, which is really, in all honesty, what made us successful in the bubble playoffs. Do you think some of that stuff may happen for the Stars? Yeah, that's what I was talking about with the with the Harley comment. Like, We've got a lot of guys who can really score goals 
who haven't been. And it always seems like every year when we go into the playoffs, one guy unexpectedly starts scoring a lot. So it's totally possible. And I think likely that at least one of those guys is going to start popping off and we can get a couple of guys going, who knows, maybe an eighth seed can figure something out. Yeah. And we should talk about that as well. Uh, the stars are definitely going to be playing Colorado in the first round. Uh, they it, it's not official at this point because currently I believe it's in the second period. It's four to one, I believe. Yeah, still four to one. It is one hundred percent going to be uh, the Dallas Stars and the Colorado Avalanche in the first round of the playoffs. But for me, uh, I had the biggest winner and biggest loser tonight. My biggest winner tonight is actually Yoel Kiviranta. Um, he. He was a direct uh, component to that second goal uh, that the Stars scored. And if it wasn't for his play there, the, the Stars don't score that goal that Hanley does. Yeah, and, and he uh, does that with the lowest time on ice, nine minutes. Right, and, and he just and he was very noticeable in tonight's game. He had a fantastic game. Uh, he's been more noticeable for me in the past couple of weeks. And uh, the good thing about him is I haven't seen him do, you know, with defensive deficiencies at all. You know, he's very responsible in his own own. He may not be scoring and getting the points like uh, we really need a t- another top six forward to get, but he's really starting to show that he can play better. And he's been playing better the past week and a half when, you know, the stars as a team have not been playing well. Yep. Agreed. So he's my biggest winner. Uh, biggest loser tonight is, uh, I had one. Oh, Radulov, Radulov. And not again, not because he played bad. Uh, he, he had chance after chance after chance. The guy like literally if he had, he was in the slot with no goalie in front of him. And, and, you know, Conchu from Moon Knight was saying, if you don't make this goal, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> he would get, he would be killed because he wouldn't make the goal. He he just cannot get a goal to save his life at this point, and it's just frustrating to see. Which is what I'm really hoping, you know, turns around him for the playoffs. playoffs. Right, and <laughs> that's what that's what we're all saying is we're saving it for the playoffs, saving it for the playoffs. But how optimistic are you? Because over here, I'm going to pull up Alex's comment. He makes a really good point. They're making it really hard to be optimistic about the playoffs. Thank you, Alex, for the comment there. Uh, are you feeling optimistic about the playoffs, even though they've had some kind of iffy play the last week and a half? Um, I guess I'm more optimistic than most eight seeds would be. Like, I think the Stars have a real chance against Colorado. Uh, we'll lay out, lay out a couple reasons for that in a second here, but they play well against Colorado. Our goalies play well against Colorado. I think that Nathan McKinnon being shut down by Miro for however many games this series goes will be amazing and awesome to watch. And I think if any eight seed has a chance to beat Colorado, it's us. We have a better chance than the Predators do without a doubt. I think we have a better chance of beating them than the Blues or Minnesota do even. So, Oh, really? That's interesting. I think we have the best chance to beat Colorado. Surprise them in the first round. Now the the only thing that I would have said that Nashville would have a better chance to beat the the Colorado Avalanche than the Stars do, but that has changed recently because we don't know the status of UC Soros for their first round matchup uh, against what it looks like is going to be Calgary. So, I mean, I, I don't see. I really thought that the Predators might have a chance against Colorado or Calgary, 
but with Soros out, that really hurts them. So that that's just a side note there. But uh, anyways, you want to get into this game real quick, and then we'll talk about the the playoffs here. Yeah, sure. Give us the rundown. Yep, real quick, and uh, we'll talk about it. So, uh, Otter versus Gibson. I thought that would be the the a whole game. Obviously, it wouldn't be, but. Uh, Klinger would be out. Hart Hanley is in. Kivi is in, and then PD is out. So Peterson goes out in favor of Kivi Ranta. Klinger comes out with a lower body injury. It looks like he's been dealing with it for a while now, and Hanley takes his spot. So with Klinger being out, Harley was actually put on that side with uh, Ryan Suter, which I thought really suited him, and uh, he had, he got that opportunity in a game that uh-huh. was of non consequence. So. But overall, what did you think of Harley's play? I know he got the first uh, NHL goal, but I was a little iffy about his play today. What did you think? Yeah, I agree. It was a little rough. A- after the goal, especially, he just started turning over and over pucks all over the place. So didn't love that. But he's played. He's had some very good games. And I think no matter what happens, at some point, he's going to get called upon in the playoffs. We'll just see when it happens. And I think he, he definitely has all the skills and abilities to live up to the challenge. And uh, specifically, there was one play after he scored the goal that he turned the puck over at the offensive blue line, but he did make a really good play uh, defensively to come back and make up for his own mistakes. So I'll point that out here in a second. But um, anyways, uh, Anaheim would come out with a deflected shot right off the bat that would go wide. Uh, Raffle with a breakaway, he would have two later in the game, but he the shot goes wide. He can't score. That's just him. Uh, Gary Onoff with another turnover. It leads to a Zegris shot in the slot. It was a good save by Otter. Uh, there was a big hit by Glenn Denning on Drysdale, and Drysdale is not a small dude. He's a big dude. Uh, there was a three-on-one for Dallas by the top line. A couple of pass would, a couple of passes would miss, and they would not get a shot off. Um, and then Anaheim would score the first goal of the game. At first, I wrote down that it was Drysdale because Drysdale was originally the one that scored from or that shot from the slot. It was a slap shot. It would bounce off of, actually, Max Comtois, and then that would bounce off of Lindell, and then it would go behind Ottinger. So a a fluky goal, a freaky goal, puts the Anaheim Ducks up one to nothing. What did you think? It's got to stop. I mean, what the heck? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, how is this even happening so often? So annoying. Right, and it's not like the Stars are playing really, 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 really bad defense. It's just a, a, fl- a freak accident that seems to happen a lot the last month even, not just the last week and a half, but the last month where it's bounced. How many goals have, has Lindell scored against the Dallas Stars? At, at least <laughs> Lindell, four, right? Lindell and Glenn didn't combine are like almost double digits. Yes, exactly, <laughs> right. And, and all they're doing is they're trying to make defensive plays, but you know, I guess they just need to get out of the way because – well, I can even blame Lindell because he was out of the way. He wasn't even directly he was in front all the way of out of the way. <laughs> he was just, oh, I feel bad for the guy. But it, despite that, it, the Anaheim's leads won nothing. Uh, Robo would take a slap shot. Drysdale would take a slap shot. Uh, the first of many chances for Radulov, he would miss high in the high slot. It was a good chance for him, about eight minutes remaining. Uh, Schuster would take the first penalty. He would take a hooking call on Kiviranta. So Kiviranta making his... Uh, making his, making it really noticeable that he's in the game tonight. Sorry, I'm at a loss for words tonight, guys. Um, and it would be the first power play for Dallas. Uh, there were absolutely no shots on this power play, and it was a really terrible power play just in general. That first power play. What do you think? I agree with all the things you said. <laughs> there was more zone time than Anaheim for the Stars in the first period, but they just weren't shooting the puck. 
that was a frustrating thing for me. That was super I, I, frustrating. I think, and I was thinking about this through the first intermission, and I was thinking if something needs to change between the regular season and the playoffs is the fact they need to just throw the puck at the net because they're trained to look too many times for the perfect pass or the perfect option, and it's not there. The only time it's there is for the first line. So lots I, of I, players, I feel like it's lots of players individually need to decide to shoot more. So I that's think a good he needs to shoot more. He needs to lean on a wrister and not just play his in front sourdough game that he plays. Sagan needs to shoot way more. Miro needs to shoot more. Gurionov needs to shoot every chance he gets. Lots of guys just individually need to decide to shoot instead of pass because they should be goal scorers and they still have that gene in them somewhere. And I'm I'm starting to see some of the cycle game out of the Dallas Stars, especially from the bottom two lines that I like. But what's happening is that those three forwards, they're doing some really good work down deep in the corners and they're getting it up to the up to the point. And then the defensemen just either they're they they gotta find some way to where the shot's not gonna get blocked as easy, or they just need to shoot it quicker and find a way to get it on net because that's the way that the stars, especially those bottom lines, that's how they're gonna get those goals. They're not going to be pretty goals like that top line does. They're going to be dirty, greasy, nasty-looking goals off of rebounds and stuff like that. And, and that's, that's the thing we true. need. That's definitely true for the for the bottom two lines, too. And that's why I'm liking the kind of three-high thing that we're doing. We're cycling three-high instead of just dumping it deep like we used to. But we need to cycle three-high, and those guys in front of the net need to be more aggressive. I need mean, you got to make it almost – you have to make the ref make call a penalty on you in this lot there because most of the time – They'll let anything go. So they need to be a little bit scrappier when they're in front of the net in the slot to get those rebounds and to put more pressure on the goalie because, as we'll talk about in a little bit, Darcy Kemper's going to need some pressure on him. Well, and, uh, you know, I wrote this going with like a minute remaining in the period, but before I could even finish my that thought that I just wrote down, Robertson would hit the post, and everybody thinks it goes in for Robertson's 41st of the year. And it, nobody knew where it went except for like a couple of players, and it happened to bounce out of the zone. So, through the first intermission, Anaheim's up one to nothing, even though it looked like it would be one to one going into the first intermission. Then the storyline begins of the rotating goalie carousel that is the Anaheim net. Stolars would be go in for Gibson, and I wrote question mark hurt. Not sure what's going on there. But anyways, uh, 1920, there's a chance for the top line. Pavelski with right, was right there in the slot, had a chance. Uh, Radulov can't get it out of the zone, and it would lead to extended Anaheim ozone time. So a not good thing there for Radulov. But he would make up for it about a minute later. He would get a chance in front, and that's his second chance that I've seen that it's like, oh, if he, could do, if he can just get one, just, just get one more and just get going, I feel like, he could really start going, but we haven't seen it this year. About 20 seconds after that, Harley would get his first NHL goal. Congratulations to Thomas Harley on that. And the last game of the season, off of a three-on-two where he comes in late, it's a wrist shot, goes in, going against the grain, and it was a really good screen by Garyanov there in front. So I had to give Garyanov some credit there for a good thing that he did after uh, the turnover in the first period. So... Mm-hmm. After that, uh, Hanley would also score to make it two to one. Uh, and after Radulov misses again, which it's he, he was able, he had a wide open net and he shot it through Stolars and it went to the opposite corner of where he was. I mean, I mean, like I said, he's got some sort of curse 
or something on this poor guy. I, I like, I feel he should, he could have had three goals tonight, maybe even four. If he buries at, at least one of them, at least one of them, he would have at least one goal. It did, yeah. I'm baffled how he didn't score there. Um, and then I mentioned earlier that Kiviranta was the one that forced the turnover. So we need to point that out for Kiviranta having a really good game for the Dallas Stars. Uh, what did you think of either one of those goals? Uh, they were both good shots. I mean, actually, which is kind of surprising from those two defensemen, but they were good goal scoring plays. I mean, two good shots. Great play by Gray on in front of the net on the uh, on the first one. Really loved that. He, he needs to go to the net more. And I think the important word you used there was defenseman. We haven't gotten a lot of scoring from defensemen this year, so that was really important. Hopefully that's a sign of things to come in this series against Colorado, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, Gary would not get wide uh, after, after a Yanni, Yanni Paw pass. It was a really good pass by Paw there, and Gary had a really good opportunity there, and he misses it. Um, Otter would make a really good save about 30 seconds later with 10 minutes remaining in the period off of a Dallas Stars turnover. And then uh, Pavelski would have a one-timer. He misses wide. And then again, for the fifth time, for the fifth time, I write his name down. Radulov on a two-on-one with Glenn Denning. And he he decides to shoot it himself. He misses it backhand. And it was a two-on-one odd man rush. So, I mean, again, that's the, that was one of the biggest storylines for me before the third period happened. Um. And then with 419 remaining in the period, Troy Terry, who's had an amazing season for the Anaheim Ducks, would get his 37th of the year. And you can't fault anybody on that. I mean, it was Adam Henrique making an absolutely amazing no-look behind the net pass out to the front, and it was just perfect timing, and they tie the game 2-2. Two to two. They're going to be so good in five years. <laughs> I mean, yeah, honestly. they really are. I mean, I mean, they've got Drysdale, who's their their Miro Haskinen. They've got uh, Zegras, Troy Terry, who are obviously their Rope Hanson, Jason Robertson, and then they're gonna have a really good good young goalie, I think, coming up. I forget his name. He's got, I think he's about twenty two right now. He's in the AHL right now, but he's putting up some pretty decent numbers. So uh, we'll see what comes of the Anaheim Ducks, and especially with uh, Getzlaff not returning after this season he has decided to hang up the skates and he's retired this season so but anyway uh right before the period ends thomas harley would take a penalty for interference after turning the puck over so you know after the goal that he scored he kind of maybe got a little cocky there and realized i guess decided to take some chances and unfortunately it kind of bit him in the butt so anyways going into third into the second intermission it would be two to two a tie. Um, how did you feel about this game in particular up to that point? I thought we played the second period really well. Um, and we should have scored a lot more goals, obviously. Uh, I still was confident that we were going to win. I didn't think Anaheim would come out with any kind of will to win, honestly, <laughs> the last 20 minutes before they get to go to some beach somewhere. But, uh, <laughs> but they definitely had a reason to play when the e-bug came in. <laughs> And I had no idea that was happening until... Uh, I had no idea until the puck dropped. <laughs> well, the the only time I, I noticed it was because we started talking about it on this little Stars group chat on Twitter that I'm a, I'm a part of. And uh, people were starting to freak out, like, e-bug, e-bug. And I was like, "In where? What game? And they were like, for Anaheim. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. 
<laughs> it, it, I mean, the last two games have been so eventful for two games that probably absolutely didn't matter. <laughs> First with the blown three to nothing lead and then an e-bug in the last period of the regular season. So anyways, Thomas Hodges, the third goalie for Anaheim in the game would make his appearance in his first NHL game. He actually was the emergency backup goalie for the Amer Allen Americans back in 2016-17. And uh, he, I think he played one game there. He is actually originally from the Dallas area. But here's the cool thing about him is that he, he was born in England and he moved to the States when he was 11. So he is a local product. He went to Plano West High School. And he also went to SMU and played uh, club hockey for SMU. So kind of some cool things there about Thomas Hodges and his background as a goalie there. So, and to be totally honest with you, uh, the Anaheim Ducks played really, really well defensively in front of him. I think they got three shots total in, on Thomas Hodges, uh, the Stars did, throughout the third period. And, uh, I mean... One of them was kind of a dribbler into him, which I guess the stat the statisticians gave it to him. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I I rarely see that called a uh, a shot. But anyways, uh, there's not really much to talk about in the third period other than when Robo scored on the power play, it deflected off an Anaheim stick. It would go underneath Hodges' five hole, and he. Yeah, I think Robo almost all apologetically like celebrated. Anyways, uh, after that uh, that goal, the Stars would go up three to two off of Robertson's forty first of the season, and then uh, Benoit would have a shot later. It was a really good toe save there by Otter. Shots are nineteen to eighteen in favor of Anaheim, and then with a minute remaining, the Stars get an empty net goal. We don't know what those are called. We don't even know what those are, Chris. And Nemestikov seals it for the Stars. 4-2 win to end the season with 98 points. One of the best uh, point seasons they've had in a long time, despite being the second wild card. So I guess you have to score, you have to have over 100 points to make the NHL playoffs this season. Uh, anything from the third period that you thought was really cool, Chris? E-bug is really cool. I love it. The Stars definitely did not try as hard as they could have on the e-bug, especially on the power play. They were like intentionally not shooting when they had open shots, which is objectively what you should do so that they would make sure that they don't embarrass the goalie. I think just a little conspiracy for you, but <laughs> they won the game. Who cares? Hey, hockey fans feel the action on the ice. Like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL right now. New customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get 150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team to win, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah, so, uh, what did you think about uh, Robo's reaction at when he scored the goal? Because when he scored the goal, it almost looked like he was like really apologetic when he scored the goal against uh, Thomas Hodges. So, did did you see that on Robertson's face when that happened? I didn't notice that, but even if it was, it was probably partially due to his shot was just blocked and it was just deflected. Like it was just lucky. <laughs> yeah. I still remember that one goal he scored that went, I think it went off of his hand and he looked like it, he just automatically assumed yeah. it wasn't going to count and then it ended up counting anyways. So yeah, that was, it is that what was it is. Funny. But <laughs> Okay, uh, I think it's time to go ahead and get into uh, to look ahead towards the playoffs here, you guys. Um, the Stars will be playing the Colorado Avalanche in the NHL playoffs this season unless by some miracle the Coyotes are able to d- defeat the the Nashville Predators in regulation. But I currently don't know the score of that game, but let me look this up while I'm doing it. Uh, Chris, do you have the score by chance of that game? Yeah, it's 4-2 to two now. The Coyotes actually scored one. Well, they actually scored two because at, at one point it was 4 to nothing. So there, there's still some something there that they could – Possibly win this game, but it's still very unlikely. But very unlikely. You know, I, I said that I also said that against the stars that they weren't gonna beat the stars in the yeah. last game and they won four to three in overtime. So what do I know? But so we'll, we're gonna do a little mini preview for Stars Colorado. We'll probably do another preview show before the playoffs start or anything. Probably. Oh sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. We'll we'll definitely and, do that. And we'll go but, we'll, we'll we'll probably go back over our uh, our picks for Western Conference and Eastern Conference again and maybe have a second chance to look at those and re-decide. educated. Yeah, because we just kind of did it off the seat of Did you pick Toronto? Picks. I'm still going yeah, to with Toronto. That, no, I, I'm still not. going with you're Toronto. Liar. You tried to back out of it last, last podcast. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> real quick here, we're going to look. I, I just took a little jot of notes down, just a little bit of boopity-boop-boop research. So the biggest strengths for Colorado, obviously goals for. Uh they're one of the high, most high, highest potent offenses in the league. Man, got that one out smooth. Um, they're top five in goals for. Obviously, they're crazy. They shoot a ton. They have they average about thirty five shots per game, which is crazy, especially to a Dallas fan. Uh, so the number one thing is going to be offense. They're going to try and outscore us. They actually have a pretty high goals against though as well. Uh. They are in the lower half by a substantial margin in the goals against category. So they like playing wide open hockey and they like scoring goals. Um, what do you think about that, Ryan? It's interesting to me because the if there's one thing that the Stars could possibly have an advantage in over the Colorado Avalanche, just looking at team, like their offense, no, Colorado wins in that category. Defense, I still think Colorado could possibly win in that category, although it's more equal there, if if you ask me. But I think the category that the Stars can really, really, you know, kind of manipulate a little bit is the goaltending. Because Darcy Kemper is untested in the playoffs. He He's played for Phoenix the last couple of years, and he hasn't had a deep playoff run. So I think if the Stars can really somehow get into Darcy Kemper's head, I think that could give them an edge in the playoffs and maybe get them a win in the series. That's the the one thing that I notice about 
has... I'm going to call you out on that one. Okay. I think that's it. crazy. His save percentage for the year's top five, 0.921. His okay. goals against average is 2.54, which is top in the league on a team that allows a crazy amount of shots and a crazy amount of goals. I actually looked it up. Colorado is 23rd in the league in goals against, which is kind of crazy for a team that almost won the President's Trophy. Um, how many wins does he have? There he is. How many wins? 37 wins on the year. That is one of the most. Let me see if anyone's higher. Only Sergei Bobrovsky is higher with 39 wins. So Kemper is one of the best goaltenders in the league and is not talked about enough. And you're talking about untested goaltenders. Who's an Arnett? Basically a rookie. <laughs> Jay Gottinger definitely doesn't have any playoffs experience. He barely has a full season of NHL experience under his belt. So there's a goalie that's going to get rattled. I think Otter is much more likely for that to happen. But I know he didn't play super well, you know, towards the middle of the season. He had some a stretch where he was just kind of meh. He was kind of average. But the last couple of games, I've really seen him come out and be the Jay Cottinger that we saw, you know, when he played against Colorado, when he won that, I think it was a two to one game or one to nothing game or something like that. And here's the other thing that I would point to about those stats for Darcy Kemper. Who was the goalie last year for the Colorado Avalanche? Was it Grubauer? It was Grubauer. Grubauer is currently in Seattle because he signed a huge contract with them. And I think he, it was like 5.5 for like five or six years or something like that. That's, that's not the important thing. The important thing is that he has, he is, has statistically one of the worst seasons of starting goalies in the past three or four years. So I don't think that the stats are because of necessarily the goalie. I think Colorado proved when they let Grubauer go that they could take any above average goalie and make his stats look good. And that's my argument there. And now I'm not, I agree with you on the whole Ottinger thing, because if there's anybody that could get rattled easily, more easily, it's Otter over Kemper. I agree with you 100% there. But uh, the other half of your argument talking about, uh, you know, Darcy Kemper having these amazing stats like that, that could be because of the team that he plays on. And for Otter, that's not the case. Because even though the Stars have historically been the past couple of seasons, a really, 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 really good defensive team, like top five in goals against, that has not been the case this season. They're, I think, literally 18th. mid-pack. Like 18th, you said? 18th. 18th. So that's my logic and my reasoning. Does all of that make sense? Kind of, but, man, Colorado's not a good defensive team. I mean, they're a bad defensive team this year. 23rd is pretty bad. And they allow a ton of shots, too. So having a save percentage and a goals against average that are that good with the fact that Colorado is not a great defensive team seems like seems like he's going to be pretty good, or he has at least been very good this season. Well, the I think you're looking at it wrong, Chris, because the league average for goals against has been 251, and, and they've given up uh, 228 this season, if I'm looking at it correctly. This like this is minus their their last game or whatever, so I, I think they're actually in in the 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 upper echelon of the NHL when it comes no, to goals. I'm on goals against, bro. Really? Goal, they have two hundred thirty two goals against. Two hundred thirty two. Okay, maybe maybe I'm looking at it wrong. Okay, regardless. Oh, no, I did it backwards. No, you're right. Okay, see, so that's what I was talking about. Yeah, 
but but I mean everything we talked oh, about I'm is there. is still everything we talked about is still logical though, because because you're right they're they're much more offensive team now are they as giant offensively as Florida and Toronto most definitely not, but they definitely lean towards that side of the game, and this is going to be a really interesting matchup because the stars are more towards the defensive side of the game, so. I'm not so sure what's what's going to happen with this series, but I think it's going to be really interesting to watch it. But um, if there's one player that you can think of that really has to make a difference, other than Jay Gottinger, because we already know Jay Gottinger has to be good in order for the Stars to win this series, who has to be the Stars' best player? Miro Haskinen. It's going to be Miro Haskinen's job to shut down Nathan McKinnon. If he can do that, that gives us the best chance to win. Nathan McKinnon is one of the best players in the National Hockey League. He he somehow is in the top 20 in point percentage when he played a third less games. <laughs> His points per game played puts him in, I think, the top five. And, yeah, that guy's nuts. He's going to be crazy good. We shut him down when we played him in the bubble playoffs. We'll see if we can do it again. And I think the big thing is going to be just wearing him down over the series. And that's something that doesn't really happen in the regular season. You don't have a long game. The long game for the Stars is force him to play as often as possible and make his life miserable every time he touches the ice. So if I had to think of one player, I had to think of Essa Lindell. Because it's, it's funny that we both went with defensemen here. Because I, I, I already considered that Miro Haskinen is going to have to play against, you know, Nathan McKinnon and, and take that first line down of him. Uh, Miko Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog. That those three guys, when they're all healthy and they're really good, that line is one of the best lines in the NHL. But what about their second line? I mean, you've got Nazem Kadri, who at 32 has almost, I think he's either over 100 points or very close to 100 points. You can double check me on that while I'm talking. But I mean, you've got other players who can score. You've got uh, you've got that guy. You've got Nazem Kadri. You've got Kale McCarr, who who likes to play forward every once in a while and just find his way down in the offensive zone. I think he has over 20 goals on the season. You've got Alex Newhook, who's kind of coming to his own as a rookie for the, the Colorado Avalanche. And you've also got I am Val Nichushkin there too, who has had a pretty decent season for the Avalanche as well. So for me, it's got to be not just the first line, because I believe that first pairing of Haskinen and Suter will be able to handle those top guys. But I'm especially scared about Nazem Kadri specifically because he's had a one of the best seasons in his career, and yeah. we're gonna have to really rely on other guys other than that top pairing to really shut guys down. And that pairing of Lindell and either Hawkinpaw or whoever else is with Lindell on that second pairing, uh, I guess Klingberg, is really gonna have to shut them down. So, so for me, it's yeah. Essa Lindell. Check check this stat out. Nathan McKinnon, 88 points. Nazem Kadri, 87 points. Kale McCarr, 86 points. That's and They are 18, 19, and 20th in the goal-scoring race. Kale McCarr quietly having an outrageous season. 28 goals and 58 assists. That is ridiculous. Yep, the guy is an absolute uh, apple machine. He, he knows how to pass the puck very well. And second, obviously, Second highest-scoring defenseman only behind Roman Yossi. Yeah, and Roman Yossi is, is stupid. Do you see how many points he's had? It's done. He, it's like 95. It 95. 
I think he has like 26 or 27. If seven goals, Kiel McCarr has more goals than him. Really? So it's just the amount of goals. assists. It's yeah. just the amount of assists that he has. That's stupid. Yeah. Yossi has 23. He has five more goals. You know, honestly, if if Yossi doesn't win, I'll say it again. I know I've said it a lot, but if he doesn't win the Norris, I will be very shocked. I will be extremely shocked if he does not win the Norris. But, uh, you know, honestly, that's one of the things that that we have to consider is that second line of the Colorado Avalanche. But let me go ahead and yeah. pull up this intangible for you too, Chris, because we talked about it a little bit, but I want to talk about it more in depth here. Does the Stars' recent success in the playoffs against the Colorado Avalanche, does that have any kind of goodwill towards the Stars, or is that bad will towards the Stars? Because you can look at it two different ways. You can look at it in the fact that the Stars have done it before. The Colorado Avalanche in 2020, yes, it was the bubble playoffs. Yes, it was COVID and everything. But they were still the same team, and they were still a really good team, and the Stars were able to pull it out over that team. Now, on the other side, you could look at it and say, okay, Colorado is going to be really pissed off that they lost that series in the way that they did. And they and, were on their third goalie. <laughs> right, and on their third goalie on top of that. So it, which way do you look at that? I'll, I'll go with the whole optimistic versus pessimistic view. Which way do you look at that? Or is is does that, any of that even make any sense? I think it definitely helps the Stars. Just having that good mojo, being like, we've done it before, we can do it again. And a lot of these guys are the same guys. So maybe guys who played really well against Colorado look Kiviranta, back on that. We're looking at you. <laughs> just have good juju and just figure it out on the ice. I mean, that really could happen. We, we see stats where guys play especially well against certain teams or they play especially well in certain buildings, and that stuff's real. Like, that, that really happens. I don't know why, and I bet they can't explain it either, but people definitely play better when they're playing against certain teams. So, oh my goodness, Alex keeping it keeping us up uh, to date against the in the game. It is currently four to three. They're really gonna do it, aren't they? And all this talk about Colorado is they ruin our podcast. <laughs> I will be so upset. Well, it just means we just we get an opportunity to go over and do it again. But we could say this is a possible thing. So, but still, I I, I think that that's a a really big. I still think it's going to be Colorado. Uh, I, I think, I, I think it will be. All, all Nashville has to do is get to overtime. If they get the one point, they're they're playing Calgary. We're playing Colorado. So, anyways, guys, um, let's see. I had if... one more tangible before we move on. Okay, what else you got? The Stars are a much better faceoff team um, than the Colorado Avalanche. So that could be something that really plays into it. Let me pull up that set. Let's see if I can actually get it right. Um, oh, wait, I'm on skaters. Nope, can't pull it up. Sorry. But either way, Stars are like, I think they're second. Yeah, okay, I finally pulled it up. Stars are second now. They actually fell behind this as the season went along to Toronto. And Colorado is, where did they go? They're very bad. This is the one that they're bad in. My bad, guys. Colorado is 28th in faceoff percentage. Uh, so if the Stars can make these games, like, really choppy, cut them up, get a, some offensive zone face-offs not care about defensive zone face-offs as much because we can win those that could be a real advantage for us don't let don't let guys like nathan mckinnon cadre or mccarr get into a flow i mean that can really affect some players it's funny that you that you talk about that because that that's a good intangible that could be in favor of the stars now here's another one i can't tangible 
tangible, intangible, whatever. Here's another thing that I uh, I was just literally just thinking about is the fact that uh, the Stars record in overtime in the regular season this year has been spectacular and probably the reason why they're even in the playoffs. To be honest with you, if if it weren't for overtime and the Stars winning a majority of their games in overtime, I don't think we make the playoffs. And I think that could be a good thing going into the playoffs, considering that the Stars, you know, last year had a hard time with that. I think they can really lean on their experience in the regular season. And I know it's a different beast, but you're obviously kind of meh kind of about it. So let me know your thoughts. What do you think? I guess I I wanted to call you an idiot, but it kind of helps that we have guys that, have that clutch gene, and it's been a lot of different guys too. If you think about it, we have we've had a bunch of different guys score in overtime, so that might kind of help. Just you know, been there, done that. But man, five on five playoff overtime versus three on three five minute overtime is just completely different. And I'm just afraid, like you go to overtime like that, and Bones tries to like focus on defense, and we just get peppered nonstop. So. I'm not sure exactly how much that'll help, but I'll, I'll give you a little credit. It, it, having guys that have done it before will help a little bit at least. Okay, I got one more question, and then we got to wrap it up for here tonight, and then we got to talk about uh, what we're going to do for playoff preview and when we're going to do it so we can get that set too. If the Stars have a path to the Stanley Cup final, and they and let's say they win the Stanley Cup, Okay. Let's talk about a couple of things. Um, first off, how are they going to play? Who's going to be a person that steps up? And I'm not talking about, you know, the the big three, the, the new big three, I guess I should say. Who steps up? And you can't say Otter either, so it's got to be it's got to be a forward or a defenseman. What? Okay, I'm, I'm taking, important I, position in sports. I, I know. I'm trying to take I'm trying to take away the the easy stuff for you, and then. If the Stars have a path to the Stanley Cup, who do they go through and how many games does it require for them to get there? So let's start with the first series. Let's assume the Stars win. How many games does it take? Seven. Okay, so so it takes seven, okay? In the next round, they would either be playing one of two teams. They would be either playing St. Louis or Minnesota in that series if they make the second round. Who would you I think it's pretty obvious who we would want to see but who 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 would we play in that series you think I want to see Minnesota. I don't want to see the Blues. <laughs> We've had really bad bad mojo when it comes to St. Louis. So if we play either of them and we come off the high of beating Colorado and we're not too injured, we will win in in 5 or 6 against whichever team we play. Really? Yes. Really. Okay. Because at that point, we're going to have to already be kicking on all cylinders to beat a team like that, and then you just got to keep rolling with it. And that's a very good point. That's a very good point. So so assuming we we make it to that point and we beat Colorado and we beat the Blues, we either are facing one of four teams there in the Pacific side of the West. Definitely going to be Nashville. So you, so you think that it, <laughs> no, so no matter it's what, it's not going to be Nashville. <laughs> oh, it's not going to be Nashville. Okay. I was like, are you for real? Cause you see Saros doesn't look like he's coming back. So out of those four teams, you got Calgary, you got Edmonton, you've got uh, the LA Kings and you've got the Nashville Predators out of those four teams who comes over and meets the stars in the conference final. 
It's probably going to be Calgary, but I hope it's Edmonton. You hope it's That'd Calgary, but you think it's going to be Edmonton. No, I, I hope it's Edmonton. But oh, you I think hope it's, it's going to be Calgary. You, you okay. flipped me, bro. Flipped me. I sorry, I flipped it on you. So, and oh, I'll, unfortunately, those all those teams in the Pacific side just don't seem to be have anything going for them other than Calgary. I mean, I know in Edmonton, Mike Smith has been good, but he's been at best streaky. You know, he's forty-one, so I mean, that's to be expected. And then you've got LA, who is without Drew Doughty. Okay, Alex just mentioned it too. Yeah. Alex saying, would like to see LA, but without Doughty, I don't think they will make it. I don't even think mm-hmm. they beat Edmonton, in, in my opinion. They're not. And then That's a very likely sweep. And you know, I might even, I might have even said a couple of weeks ago that if Nashville was in that bracket, on that side of the, uh, that side of the bracket, I could see them being the Pacific Division winner. They totally winner could. And, and beating those teams there. But without UC Soros... I, I just yeah, don't see Soros, that. no. Yeah. So exactly I think right. it's going to be Calgary. So assuming the Stars play Calgary in the conference final, how many games does it take and why? Five, because Calgary's bad. Overrated. Really? Yep. Overrated. And here's the other thing about Calgary is that the Stars have, again, success against the Calgary Flames in the 2020 bubble playoffs. So that's another series that the Stars could look at and be like, okay, we've done it once before. Yes, we were the the better, higher-seeded team at that point, but we can still do this again. We can, we can still be Calgary again. So and the thing that makes Calgary scary for me is Jacob Markstrom, more than anything. They've got a great, fantastic first line. They've got a solid defense, and then you, when you've got Jacob Markstrom, dang. That's, that's a scary mark. team. <laughs> Mm. So, okay. So let's say that the stars beat Calgary in five. That's what you say. Who did the stars play in the Stanley cup final on the Carolina, Carolina. Okay. And they get spanked. (laughs) Stanley cup sweep. Stanley cup sweep in four games is what Chris says. So (laughs) let's just say that the stars win the Stanley cup for the first time since 99. How many games does it take? Oh, I don't know, man. Seven, I guess. Seven against Carolina, too. <laughs> the, likelihood, the likelihood of this is just, oh, man. Very, very unlikely. I agree. But it's okay. That's the fun thing about the playoffs is that all of this is just, yeah. I mean, it, it, at this point, it's a clean slate. You know, Florida is just as in it as the Stars are and That's what's fantastic about the the NHL playoffs. So here's the Stars' route to the Stanley Cup final, according to Chris. So Avalanche in seven. So Stars beat Avalanche in seven. Stars meet in the second round. Who did you say again? I said, who did I say? I said Minnesota because I don't want to see St. Louis. But you think it's going to be St. Louis? No, Minnesota. Okay, so you think Minnesota will beat St. Louis. Okay, and you said six in that one, right? Yeah. Okay, and in the conference final, we you said Calgary, and then the Stars would beat them in five. And then you yep. said for the Stanley Cup final, the Carolina. And if we do beat Carolina, it's in seven. So you think that's yep. the most likely outcome for the Stars to win the Stanley Cup here in 2022? That's the most likely outcome, period. Most likely outcome, period. <laughs> so, And the guys who have to play the best, is going to be Ben and Sagan. The first line is going to play good, and other than Otter. Otter is obviously the key. 
everybody's goal no is the key. The goal well, is the most Maybe even Wedgwood. Maybe even Wedgwood, because if Otter kind of falters, Wedgwood's going to have to be asked to be good. At this point, it's Otter. But Agreed. Obviously, Otter is number one. But other than that, the players who have to play good is Ben and Sagan. If they can get back to goal-scoring form and our first line keeps going, we're, we're a deadly team. We really have a chance. But that is a gigantic if that has not been close to being correct. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, who wins the Conn Smythe if the Stars win the Stanley Cup? Otter. It has to be Otter. I agree. Otter has to be our best player in order for us to to win the Stanley Cup this this offseason. And he hasn't even he hasn't even had a like real Stanley Cup playoff experience. And I don't count the bubble playoffs because I think he came in like twice in relief, and the game was basically over anyways when he came in. So, I mean, it's not. It, it's it's been done before multiple times. I mean, you you got Corey Crawford, who who did it with the, with the Hawks. You've also got Antti Niemi, you know, Stars legend Antti Niemi, who did it when he was a rookie with the Chicago Blackhawks. You've got Jordan Bennington, who came from the AHL and won the Stanley Cup and hadn't even played an NHL game until January of that same year. And then you've also got uh oh there was one more player that jumped off Matt Murray. Excuse me. Matt Murray, in his first two NHL seasons for the Pittsburgh Penguins, led his team to the Stanley Cup final both times and won the Stanley Cup. So it, it's not like it's unheard of for a young goalie or a new goalie to the NHL to lead his team to the Stanley Cup finals. Can Otter do it? I guess we'll find out. We'll see. All right. That's going to do it for us here tonight, you guys. Thank you for joining us. We're going to call it quits here tonight. Please go and use the promo code THPN next time you go and use DraftKings Sportsbook. Please also go and use the website for our new merch store, StarCastRecordMarkShop.com. We really appreciate you guys doing that, and also it seems to be a good luck charm for the Stars. Some of y'all have been wearing it under your Stars jersey, and we've been winning every single game y'all have been wearing those shirts. So let's keep that up. And uh, that's the most effective and best way you can support our podcast and what we do here. Uh, and once again, we really do appreciate it. So, and if you've heard anything that you like here tonight, whether you like my sultry voice or you like Christian's stupid comments, please make sure you leave a comment down in the section down below. Leave us a review anywhere you listen to our podcast. We'd really appreciate that as well. Along with Chris, my name is Ryan. And we'll be back for you guys for the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll see you guys in about three or four days. GG, boys. Say it, Chris. GG, boys. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it. Good night, guys. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Bye.